and go. Never has a 29 to 13 loss felt so good, Tyler Aki. No, you, it has not. Like <laughs> yesterday was felt it was an interesting roller coaster for Bears fans, right? Because there were like little points in their own game where you're like, oh, are they going to blow this? And then the, you're watching, you're side watching the, the Texans and the, the Colts yesterday. And it's like, all right, who's even going to win that? Like it, everything was all over the place watching the, those two games yesterday. It certainly started out with a lot of hope for Bears fans if you were monitoring the Texans-Colts games, which I think most people were, especially when the Vikings got out early with that early touchdown, made you start to feel a little bit comfortable about where the Bears were going to be at. Looked like they were in position to lock in that number two overall spot. And then the Houston Texans start to tease you just a little bit, scoring on their opening drive, taking a 7 nothing lead. Then the Colts immediately afterwards fumble away the kickoff. Mm-hmm. Colts, um, The Texans can't really take advantage of it because they only kick a field goal when they uh, picked it up in uh, Colts territory. Nevertheless, they're able to hold on to that lead through halftime. But then all of a sudden... Colts start coming back and taking. they eventually take the lead on the Texans. And then it actually takes a miraculous comeback win. A 4th and 12 conversion by the Texans. Davis Mills to Brandon Cooks with a ridiculous toe-tapping sideline catch, which I still can't believe yeah. Cooks pulls off. And then, oh, by the way, after they make that 4th and, uh, and 12 conversion around midfield, then... They get forced back. It's fourth and 20. And the Texans, Davis Mills again, throws up a... It's not a true Hail Mary because they were around the 35-yard line Mm -hmm. was the line of scrimmage. But Davis Mills is is falling backwards and he he lobs it up. He ran all the way back to like the 45 trying to evade pressure. He's like he's playing Madden. He's like running backwards like a rookie here. And it's like, Davis Mills, you're not a rookie in Madden. You're a second-year player in the NFL. You should know that you shouldn't be backpedaling. Well, he tosses it up. And then Rodney Thomas, Colts safety Rodney Thomas, who earlier in the game, actually, believe it or not, I believe Rodney Thomas was a roommate of DeMar Hamlin at Pitt. And he ends up, he picks off a ball earlier in the game. That's right, yeah. And then he then goes and places the ball near the the 30-yard line, mm-hmm. which the Texans had, you know. A, a lot of stadiums a, had, yeah, had, yeah. had, you know, uh, emphasized the three. It was like outlined in blue or red. Yeah, for DeMar Hamlin, obviously. So Rodney Thomas, who had had an interception earlier in the game, jumps up, mistimes his jump, and the ball falls right into Texans tight end Jordan Ankins' hands, which at that moment then brings the Texans to a 31-30 deficit. And then it's decision time. Yeah. And you look over on the sidelines, and it's an old familiar face for Bears fans. Lovie Smith! You knew he was going for two also. Like, there was never a doubt. I was thinking to myself that entire drive, too, and texting some of my friends who were also watching this with the same level of interest as I was, saying, you know if Lovey scores, he's going for two. He has to go for two in this situation. First of all, just to have that sort of comeback and Lovey Smith just wanting to shove it back in ownership's face. You're gonna fire me. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow this thing up before we do that. Of course. And him going for two there, that was pretty badass. There was some badass coaching in the NFL yesterday. And sure enough, the Texans then are able to convert. Jordan Akins again, the same man who caught the touchdown, catches the go-ahead two-point conversion, and sure enough, Jeff Saturday leads his Colts to another disastrous, you know, less than two-minute drill there. But nevertheless, it ends up in a very, very 
happy Sunday for Bears fans because, again, you now have the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. And with $118 million of cap space next season, which is not quite double the amount of the next closest team, but the Falcons, who are second in the league with most cap space next year at 69. That's right, $69 million of cap space. And then the Giants, who are third, they don't even have... They are, the Bears have twice as much as them. The Giants have $58 million in cap space. So outside of the Falcons, the Bears have twice as much salary cap room going into next season for free agency, and they now have the number one overall pick. Listen, Ryan Poles has... I don't know if you could have drawn it up and hoped for it to go out, go as well as it possibly has for him in terms of setting yourself up for a rebuild. And you know what? Give Ryan Poles some credit here because he orchestrated this. He cleared off the books and he bit the bullet this year from a regular season standpoint. We saw a lot of new regimes go out there and give it a little bit of try this year. And some of them, even if you look at the Giants, they're in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Right. But what Ryan Poles did, he took the, the patient approach and is paying for it in the front end and is hoping that down the line, this is all going to pay off. One year of misery for hopefully a decade plus of glorious Bears football. So he deserves credit for tearing it down, but like everyone sort of said, that's the easy part there. All it takes is a patient person to tear this thing down. It takes a really smart, sharp guy who knows how to hire scouts, assistants, all that stuff. It takes that person to build it up and make this thing a a long-term, sustainable team that can have success in the NFL. Now, with without having the certainty of the number one pick going into yesterday's game, you were still saying, okay, well, this has gone pretty well. And the way they approached it last week, sitting Justin Fields, who, when he was asked today if he's health, how's, how's his health doing, I think he lets you know all you needed to know about this being an organizational decision. Feels, uh, feels, feels pretty good, so solid. Um, I mean, I was like 80%, so that's, yeah. Yeah, probably, I mean, I could have. But, I mean, I don't know if I would have played my best game with it, so, yeah. So, you, you have to, yeah. when he's trailing off because he realizes if he says any more, he's about to get himself yeah. into trouble, you know all you need to know. But it was a smart organizational decision. You now set yourself up with that coveted number one overall pick, and now the real questions begin. We'll find out more from Ryan Poles tomorrow when he meets the media at 10.30 Chicago time and discusses the future of the organization. He's going to be pressed and asked, is Justin Fields your guy? I expect him to talk glowingly about Justin Fields without without basically you know, uh, cementing him, him as the franchise quarterback because there's no... There's nothing to be gained for Ryan Poles to come out and say openly, we believe in Justin Fields as the long-term answer. Even if he truly does, may as well publicly play it off as a situation where you're considering all options. You know, here's the thing about that. And I know a lot of people have talked about, all right, you got to be very close to the vest with how you're you're going about the this quarterback situation. But for me personally... I don't think it matters a whole heck of a lot whether he goes out there and commits to Justin Fields or not tomorrow mm-hmm. because the bidding war is coming from all of the other seven, eight teams that want this first overall pick. To me, that's what you're creating. You're creating this uncertainty and turning it into pretty much pitting all those other teams against each other. It doesn't matter. Now, 
I guess it would matter if he does want to ultimately draft a quarterback. Then, okay, then this is a whole different conversation here. But if he doesn't want to draft a quarterback, I have no problem with him coming out tomorrow and saying, Justin Fields is my guy. I want, I, I'm riding with him. He is our franchise quarterback. Because the war is not between the Bears and the Texans. The war is between all the other teams and the Texans right now. I, and I, I had, I started thinking about that. However, the position where the Texans are sitting in the second spot, you don't want to give away to them the possibility because if the Texans have two quarterbacks on their, or you, you want to at least position yourself to make the Texans believe that there's a possibility that, that you're going to trade, you can trade out, right? And so you want at least the Texans to be, you want their appetite to be whetted just a little bit where they're still in the game. Now, they may not make the most sense for, as a trade partner for you, but you want to at least entice them enough because they have four first round picks over the next two years mm-hmm. because of the Deshaun Watson right. deal. They've got number two, and they've got this year the number 12 from the Browns this year. And then next year, they've got theirs and the Browns' uh, first-round pick, too. So they have the most draft capital of any team in the right. NFL. So I think you still want to position yourself where you're trying to entice them to potentially come up if they like Bryce Young or if they like Will Levis or if they like C.J. Stroud as their guy. I think it only depends on... Like, the only way that the Bears are getting screwed out of this situation here is if the Texans view their top two quarterbacks as pretty much dead even. As in, we are okay with having either one of these guys. We don't have a preference either Mm -hmm. way. If they've got a preference either way, then yes, they are one of the teams that could be striking out on the guy that they truly want. Maybe they're the ones that say, you know what? We don't want Bryce Young. We're kind of worried about the the size issues. Will he be able to hold up at the NFL level? We want C.J. Stroud. Then you turn this into a war for C.J. Stroud at the top. Listen, I'll tell you, this is also a situation where you're going to have to. We'll see what Ryan Pulse is capable of, right? Now the hard work, as everyone said, is really, really starts to begin here. And the honeymoon period, the long honeymoon period that he has played out nicely as a GM, it's finally going to start to end here moving forward, right? But hopefully someone in the Bears organization still has a good enough relationship with Lovey Smith where you can throw a line out there, shoot him a text, just to get his feeling on which direction the Texans might be leaning. Hey, yeah. Lovey, based on your knowledge of the the building, and of course, you know, who knows what he actually was privy to, mm-hmm. because clearly the fact that they were moving on from him didn't play out well for them. Right. But still, I think this is where you should start to work your intel across the league, your networks, and say, okay, can we use our past relationship with Lovey Smith as a possibility where we can get a little garner a little bit of intel from what the Texans hope to do. All this should be in play. Maybe it's a little uh, you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours, we'll bring you in to be the defensive coordinator. You give us a little bit of intel on what the Texans may be thinking about in that draft. Room. You did us one huge favor, Lovey. Now let's uh what do you think about a consulting position? And we'll see if that could uh, lead to maybe a DC job. Who knows? 312 332 3776. I'm Jeff Meller. He's Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Until 6.30 when the coverage of our national championship game will begin here on ESPN 1000 as the Georgia Bulldogs take on the TCU Horned Frogs. Do you have a 
position where you're leaning in that game, Tyler? I think Georgia wins. I think it'll be close, though. I think TCU yeah. can hang with them. I think a lot of Bears fans are really interested in this game. Because I you've so. got you've got Jalen Carter mm-hmm. playing, who's a guy who's been rumored as someone the Bears could be interested in wherever they end up picking. And then Quentin Johnston, too. If you trade back to like 7, 10, 12, whatever, yeah. like that could be a receiver that's available for you. I think this is, the for me, the biggest point is... So the Bears having the number one overall pick will give them so many opportunities to gear themselves up for years to come. They can't, or I don't think they should fall in love with any particular player like a Jalen Carter mm-hmm. or a Quentin Johnson or maybe a Will Anderson from Alabama. Ryan Pohl's best approach will be, all right, which team has the best offer and who wants to come and get it, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I mentioned the Texans have 2-12 and 12 in this draft. Chances are... They're probably not going to be looking to give up both those picks, but it, you know that's what you should be asking for if you're Ryan Poles. The Colts have number four in this pick, and obviously, if you want to come up and get your quarterback, you're going to have to give up a first rounder next year, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're Ryan Poles, the starting asking price is two first rounders, I would think, maybe and, even three. Well, I, I, the, the starting asking price is if you want to have a conversation, if you want me to listen, yeah. you better come with two first rounders to begin with, right? The Seahawks have number five and number twenty, and I, I think we'd all agree. Geno Smith's a great story. He made the Pro Bowl this year. They snuck into the playoffs last night at the expense of the Packers. Ha ha ha! Mm-hmm. Good for us. And then, but the reality is, Geno Smith's a free agent next year. The Seahawks, I think and- they're. Pro- Let's be honest. He fizzled out to he did. close out he the did. season. He absolutely did. He he had a nice year, but I don't know if you want to break the bank for Geno Smith. The Lions in your division, who obviously uh, sent the Packers home, which we're all mm-hmm. thankful for, they have number six and number 18 in this draft. Again, if you want to make a play right now and ask for two first-rounders this year, that can be the, mm-hmm. that can be the play. But I think you're better off if you're the Bears and Ryan Poles. You want this year's first-round pick from whatever team's coming up. And next, it, the pl- better play is next year's first-round pick as well. Because, you know, if you can do that, you might end up hitting the lottery again. Yeah, Like, any team that wants to come up and get a first-rounder, chances are that if they're going with a rookie quarterback next year, mm-hmm. there could be some growing pains, right, for them. Yeah. And so you very well could be landing a very high pick in next year's draft as well. And you know what? That's where you commit to Justin Fields for one more year, Tyler. And then you've got an additional first-round pick in your kitty for next year. And you know what? If you're not convinced on Justin Fields and things don't go the way you hope next year, you're not really tied to him. You haven't set yourself back, and you've actually already helped yourself out. You've got that additional first-round pick so that if next year Caleb Williams ends up being as good as he was this year and is the you know the undisputed first-round pick, first overall pick next season well then maybe you've got some ammunition to go up and get him if he's your guy it's all in play and so that's why losing yesterday and watching the texans win was so beneficial for the bears it could be completely franchise altering like whether you're getting a guy in this draft that's gonna really help out your franchise for the long haul or if you're gonna acquire an asset out of it that is going to help you down the road like it could it be the guy that could it be a pick that you're going to acquire in this year's draft by trading down, that's going to go get you the next big receiver. That's going to go get you a, a top-shelf guy who's already established himself in the league, a la a, a Devontae Adams or a Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown like we saw last offseason. Somehow these assets are going to come down to come into play for next year, the year after that, and could completely change the trajectory of this franchise. Let's try Travis, who's in Arkansas. Travis, you're on ESP 1000, Melleranaki. What's going on, Melleranaki? How you guys doing tonight? What's doing up, well, Travis? man. How you doing? 
I'm doing good. Hey, so what I wanted to say is, you know, uh, Ryan Poles did a good job getting to this point. But this is the easy part. Like, my son <laughs> could have done this on Madden. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He's 20. Yeah. Now, but a couple of things really give me some reason to pause that have concern. Like, it, look at his talent evaluation and some of the decisions that he made early on. His first big go-to people were Ogan Joby, couldn't pass a physical. Um, Lucas Patrick, terrible. Um, who else did he have? Mohammed from the Colts. I mean, those guys were, were god-awful. Sure. Um, I'll add, I mean, they... And, go, go ahead, Travis. Well, I was going to say, and, and then his, you know, Brisker Gordon, okay. Bayless Jones, to be determined, right? Yeah. No, li- no, listen, I think we're all questioning Ryan Poles and now that he has to actually go into the accumulating talented mm-hmm. players portion, right? And one thing, too, that Tyler and I have been discussing for a little while now is, I, I, listen, it's not done. The Chase Claypool trade still has to play out. There's still an, still an opportunity here for Chase Claypool to make Ryan Poles look very smart. But the way it's trending, the way it's played out, and I, 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 you cannot convince me that Ryan Poles really, truly believed they might end up with the number one overall pick. Because if that was the case, I don't believe he would have traded their second round pick for Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. I think he was much more, especially because when they made that trade on November first, they were, you know, just a, they had just lost to the Cowboys. They had beaten the Patriots the week prior on Monday Night Football in a fashion which kind of surprised us all. Yeah. And so I think he thought the team was probably trending upward, and I thought he might he probably believed there was a more likely chance that they were giving up a pick in the mid-50s than one in the in the high 30s, right? Right. You make the trade for Chase Claypool to improve your team in the immediate yes. future, right? Yes. It's yes. that's not a long-term play even though there are some long-term ramifications, it's not necessarily a long-term play. So making that trade, probably he thought, okay, we can probably get into the the low double digits in terms of that's where we're drafting. And I just look at that trade. Not only is it now a quasi first rounder because it's the 32nd overall pick, but it's even more valuable than the 32nd overall pick because of reasons that you and I have discussed. How coveted that first pick of the second round is. Yes. Because of the trade possibilities. Every team wants that pick because it's like, oh, that guy didn't go in the first round. We have him as a first round grade. Let's go trade up to get him. You can flip that into even more assets. So right now, like, yes, the Bears were big winners from yesterday. Yes. The Pittsburgh Steelers have to feel like big winners from yesterday, too. Oh, absolutely. And and, and part of the reason we've laid this out in the past when we've been on together is the first round draft or first round of the NFL draft takes place on that Thursday night, right? However, they do then take the break after the first round, which gives Yes. Every team a chance to regroup after the first round of the draft. And basically, it gives them more time than at any other period when they're in the midst of the draft. Mm-hmm. So that when there's a player they covet, and every team has players that they covet at that point in the draft. And they're saying to themselves, I can't believe he wasn't taken in the first round. Right. I can't believe that guy wasn't selected in the top 15. It's probably how the Bears felt last year when they were drafting in the second round. They had first round grades on Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. And so the reason that pick is so valuable is you have more time because you have the draft has ended and then as before the second round begins you've got that 18 hour period between when you go to sleep yes. and when you have to make the start of the second round draft so it's a very valuable pick because all these teams you're not on the, you're on the clock 
but you've got plenty of time to go ahead and barter with other teams and try and play them off of each other. And so it's a very valuable pick that the Bears ended up dealing away, obviously not knowing at the time. I'm hoping Ryan Poles, though, learns. Listen, we all hope they'll never be in this position again, but I'm hoping Ryan Poles learns from that that if you're in a position where your season's going in the wrong direction, you should probably not be giving up future assets when you're not totally sure about where that pick could land yeah you look at what what he put together for this offseason he you're right hopefully it's not a situation he ever has to find himself in again but you never know that you never know when you make a trade and somehow like let's say they do trade for a couple picks down the road and maybe you get a second rounder in this trade for for the first overall pick and that second rounder is all of a sudden the in play to be the first overall pick of the second round or a very early pick in the second round. I don't know if Ryan Poles is trading that next time around at the next trade deadline. It's going to be interesting to see if we get any clarity from Ryan Poles tomorrow. Again, he's meeting with the media for his season-ending press conference along with, I believe, Matt Eberflus is going to be there as well. Mm -hmm. So that's going to come uh, uh, at 10.30 tomorrow. Will he give you any real answers or will he be, you know, completely vague and coy about things? We're going to have, it's really our first chance where we've seen Ryan Poles kind of do an autopsy on the season, and so we'll see how he plays it, right? Does he want to give us any real answers? I don't know. And listen, you can say what you want about the signings he has made, the signings he hasn't made, the trades he has not has and has not made so far. All of all negative ill will about Ryan Poles that you may hold right now can be completely wiped out this offseason. Completely wiped out. Because he's got a chance to completely redesign what this entire team looks like, and you don't build it down... Uh, you, or you don't tear everything down like he did if your intent isn't to go out there and make an absolute splash a year later. Because this Bears team is in a situation now to make a huge splash just one year later. This is the time for them right now. No, absolutely is. So, again, yesterday a huge win for the Bears despite the fact that they lose. And uh, we will be monitoring it, pro- you know, obviously for the next months on end. It'll be a talking point time and time again. Thanks for listening, folks. National Championship coming your way. For Tyler Rocky, I'm Jeff Meller. Thanks to Kale Jacoby. This is ESPN 1000.